Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is your host, Dan Gingas, and I am thrilled to be back with you today. Thanks again for listening and for your continued loyalty to our little podcast. And today I'm very excited to introduce Dallin McKee. Dallin is a global social media customer care team leader for a little company called eBay that you've probably heard about. Dallin, how are you? I'm doing well, Dan. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really excited to be here and, and speak about some of our initiatives and, and some of our best practices. This is this is an area I'm very passionate about. So, yeah, I can't wait to have a conversation. I'm excited to have you on the podcast as well. Dallin and I met recently at the Customer Service Summit put on by the Insight Group uh, out in New York City where we were both speakers. And eBay is obviously a very well-known company. I've been both a buyer and seller for almost as long as it's been around. So really excited to have this conversation. Why don't we start, Dallin, with sort of if you can tell us a little bit about the philosophy of the social care group. What are you guys, you know, what's the aim? What are you out there to do every day? What do you tell your new teammates? And then let's get into a little bit about how your team is organized. Absolutely. Yes. So some of our biggest philosophies with our social media customer care group is making sure first and foremost that we're able to create experiences that make a difference through social media. Now, I know that a lot of companies have have spent time kind of balancing between whether or not you want to be quick in your responses on social media or create experiences. Um, and from our perspective, it's, it's definitely a, a balance of the two. We have to, we have to focus on, on both. That's really what we tell our, what our, our teammates here as they come on to social media is to not allow social media customer care to turn into just any other channel as it pertains to customer care, to really make it a different voice, a different tone, and to create an experience that can actually generate a positive brand perception. So that's that's first and foremost one of the mo- the biggest things that we want to focus on when, as it pertains to eBay. You know, we we definitely have a unique brand as it pertains to what we do through uh, e-commerce, meaning that we sell billions of dollars worth of, of items on the site quarter over quarter. Yet we don't own a single thing, and so really our brand has to be and our product has to be our customers and has to be the experiences that we create and and the insights through social media that we can drive back to the company and that's another big focus is is we're not simply just a channel in answering customer inquiries or questions or concerns but we really spend time focusing on what's the feedback and the insight coming back from our customers whether it's buyers or sellers and how do we drive that back to the so two big initiatives that we definitely see value through social media that's different than than most channels you know and you can argue that through phones or email you can definitely try to drive insight back but through social media where you have that ability to spend some time and focus specifically on the sentiment of the customer and we really hear the insights first from our customers that we have to take that seriously as one of our biggest initiatives So those are two of the major things. And then obviously our philosophy is customers definitely want a quick response. They definitely want uh, to be heard. And when they're they're messaging us through social media, 
they expect to be able to do it through their phone and then get a response in a timely manner. And so that's the next biggest initiative that, that we're trying, that we try to drive home, drive home as a company and make sure that we hit their expectations that way. So you said some really interesting things there, Dallin, and I, I want to hone in on this idea of obtaining insights from social media. Can you give us some examples of how that works? And I'm interested in both you know, an example of an insight and kind of what you did about it, but also how you have to integrate in with the rest of the organization, because here you guys are out on the front lines listening in social media. When you get an insight, what do you do with it? Who do you tell? How do you um, integrate it back into the rest of the company? That's a great question. So I, I can give you a great example of an insight uh, or, or a, a product, for for example, that maybe that we've worked on and through social media, we've helped change that product. So for example, we had a recent release of our mobile app, and this was back in quarter two to where we released a version of mobile that actually wasn't very popular. And we had a lot of feedback coming back from our customers through social media as well as you know, through all channels. But we specifically spent time working with our mobile technical and product teams to gather all the feedback coming from our customers on that release and within just a couple of months, because of that specific feedback, such as they didn't like where icons were placed, you know, they liked certain versions of or placements of the previous app release, and they wanted those back in the new app release. They wanted the Apple version of the application to be more similar to the Android version, where we actually purposely made them two different versions but people actually liked the similarities between the two. And so just some minor things that made a difference in our customer experience. But through social media, we actually specifically set up one of our team or a couple of our teammates actually to spend time gathering and searching for that feedback and to specifically give it to our mobile team. And so that's just one example of how we spend time focusing on what our customers are seeing and what they want. And that actually drove us to, within a matter of just a couple of months, we went from this big application release and completely changed the face of that due to the feedback from our customers through social media. And so we have to have that relationship between not only our marketing teams, but our product teams. We're a very complicated structure in the sense that, as I mentioned before, not owning a specific product, we actually have various different departments within our within our company here. And so, for example, our um, eBay money back guarantee, you know, we have to be able to gather insights from our customers and our buyers and sellers to keep a neutral playing field to be able to help them both understand what their roles in that money back guarantee process entails. So meaning that we can't be too biased on the on the buyer side and we can't be too heavy on the seller side. We have to create a good experience for both. And through social media, we do actually gather that feedback as well as to how the experience on both sides are. And we deliver that insight again back to that department itself that handles the money back guarantee as well as product, as well as uh, content on the site. So it's just a relationship with all those different lines of business to make sure that the insight is in the right direction and in the right hands to make the changes necessary. So it's really all encompassing. When you ask who we have to have the relationship with, it's everyone. It's product, it's IT, it's the line of business or policy owners. We have to make sure that that insight is is captured with those different groups. Well, it also sounds like you have to have the right culture 
within the organization because you've got to have people that are willing to accept feedback that may not be positive feedback and to act on it. One of the experiences that I've seen and heard about is that often when you bring feedback from social media, what ends up happening is it generates a thousand additional questions, right? Well, how many people are complaining about this? And is that a lot of people? And what, you know, what are they saying more specifically? And et cetera, et cetera. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you've, how you've ingrained this into the eBay culture so that when you go to the product team, they're happy to hear from you because they look at you as a, as a value add, you're bringing, you bring feedback straight from the customer's mouth. Absolutely. And, and obviously, we get a lot of requests from customers that don't necessarily make sense for, for the entire eBay community, which I think you have to point out. You know, there might be different changes or insights or feedback that we receive from our customers that are kind of more of the one-off scenarios that might make sense for that one specific business model, one specific customer. But when we look at the holistic picture of the community, it doesn't make sense. And so we have to weigh that out. You know, and a lot of that is definitely making sure that we understand understand the volume that is coming in from this specific feedback or, you know, the volume of, of customers that it's impacting. So we have to weigh that out. A part of changing the culture is we actually invite the product teams when they release a specific uh, update to our site or the mobile application or whatever it might be. We invite them to grant us the access to uh, gather that feedback as quickly as possible. And so that creates a relationship where we let them know we'd love to give you not only the negatives possibly coming in on it and the, and the fixes that our customers are asking for, but positively, you know, what are they saying? You know, an example of that is we just released a new feature on the site called our shop bot. And it's actually a, a bot through Facebook Messenger where our customers can search for the products they want and it guides them directly to the actual items or the or the correct search feature of exactly what they're looking for and it's a really really cool process and we've gotten a lot of very positive feedback on that a lot of customers coming and talking about how they love it and they appreciate it and so that that creates that culture when we're not only providing the feedback on a product that is negative but we show the product teams and our, and our technical teams that it's actually there's a lot of positivity out there with the mobile app I think the, the vast majority of that previous re- uh, launch that we did w- was negative However, we had a lot of positivity as well. You know, we noticed a difference in occasional users who were not happy with it and who didn't like it. They wanted to be more simplistic. And then we kind of noticed them some more high-end kind of techie type people actually had some positivity around it because they, they kind of like that complexity, it seemed like, of, of what the mobile app, app provided, where we decided ultimately as, as a company and as a community that to go the more simplified route was better for, for visibility for our customers. And so it's it's definitely a matter of making sure that that our, uh, our product team see that there is positivity behind it. We call that out when it comes, as well as how quickly we receive it. Once once we understand that social media and our product team specifically understand that social media is a faster avenue to generate this type of feedback, they're more prone to ask us for assistance when it comes in. You know, through the phones, you typically have to wait to hear from our customers. They call in, they mention their frustrations of, of this or that or the app or whatever. And our teammates actually have to do a good job of documenting that as they jump from phone call to phone call. And then maybe at the end of the week or the end of the month, you run a focus group and you try to gather you know, the feedback that comes in from it. Where in social media, it's as easy as a simple search on the site 
or on our Facebook page or our Twitter pages to look for those keywords that call out those features specifically and how quickly they are. And so it's just proving the case on how the speed of delivery and the speed of gathering that feedback can be through social media. And that starts to create an environment where they come to us to say, hey, we're launching a product. Can you get you know, X amount of headcount positions to search for this feedback as it comes in, get it real time, and we'll make changes on the fly. And that's the culture we've started to create here within eBay. Very cool. We are talking with Dallin McKee. He is the global social media customer care team leader at eBay. And Dallin, you mentioned something before that I thought was really interesting that you guys sell billions of dollars worth of product, but you don't own any of the product. And you also mentioned that you know you cater to two very different audiences, which are buyers and sellers. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you hear from both of those groups in social and, and kind of how it differs. And then in particular, what happens when you have a buyer and a seller who might be in a disagreement and how do you mediate that? As you can imagine, we obviously have sellers that that come in and, and if they have a, a difficult scenario with, with a buyer or a difficult situation, you know, they obviously want us to lean heavy on their side. On the flip side, you have a buyer who maybe got an item that is either damaged in shipping or didn't meet their expectations for whatever the case might be. And they, they want us to obviously, you know, cater to their side. And so it is tricky to, to try to balance that difference between the two and be very neutral and really set both parties up for success. At certain aspects of the game, we actually have to hold each party accountable for their responsibilities. When it comes in a situation where a seller might have a difficult time with the buyer, we really try to lean on the side of encouraging the two parties to work together. And that communication is is crucial. We have to have the, the seller understanding of the point of view that they are a business. We consider them to be a business, whether it's a an occasional seller or, or a, a bigger corporation that might be selling on the site. And we encourage the buyer to be very forefront and open with the seller in their communication as to kind of what's wrong with the product and give the seller a chance to make things right. I think that the misconception might be that people have to, or a buyer, I should say, has to come to eBay in order to make the seller make things right. But what we find is the vast majority of our sellers are very willing to correct a situation for a buyer if there is ever a, a problem that occurs. They're willing, they want to, they want to be known as, as a very good seller on the site and, and they want to take care of people. It's more difficult, I think, if you're an occasional seller and you, and you come across the situation where you have to refund a buyer, obviously. And so it's harder to make that transition or refund somebody when, when you're really thinking of making a profit on every deal. But the reality of the matter is, is that as a site like eBay, where we encourage our sellers to make situations right and take care of buyers, it only attracts more buyers. It instills more trust in the brand and it's better for their product and, and selling their product down the road. But really that's it. We want to step in as little as possible. We want to encourage communication. We want to make sure that they're working together and, and sellers are creating an environment that's positive for buyers to want to come to and want to come back. And that buyers are also understanding that sellers are willing to make things right if they'll just have open communication and, and quickly return the product in a timely manner if whenever the, the case may be that they have to return a product. So that's the gist of it. What we hear through social media is, is no different than any other channel. It's it's the same situations. It's the same concerns. It's whether they, they might not have received their product. And so they, they want to know how to proceed. And we encourage them again, you know, reach out to the seller and communicate that way. 
or it's I got it and it's not what I expected, whether it was damaged or whether it just maybe they they had a, a different vision of what the item actually was in their mind. And, and those are more difficult for the sellers, obviously, because in their minds, they're saying I, I listed it, I described it as best I could. And now maybe the buyer just had a different perception of what it was in their mind. But those are still situations that are just they're real. That's what happens through e-commerce, right, is buyers might have an expectation of exactly what a product is. And, and in e-commerce, you don't have the luxury of seeing it, holding it, um, trying it on, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's really just remaining neutral and really encouraging that they work together. In worst case scenarios, when they can't work together, they can't come to an agreement, we have to kind of step in and make a decision based off of the facts that we have or, you know, what we can see, which usually isn't much. You know, we have to sometimes make a call based off of what the buyer is stating the, the condition of the item is in or and, and look at what the seller had described the item as prior to listing and try to determine if it's more of a buyer's remorse type of situation or if it seems as though there might be an actual real problem. And so then we at times have to make a specific decision based off of what we can see. All right. Well, you mentioned earlier also you you made a reference to Facebook Messenger and a, a bot that you guys were trying out. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And if you can talk about kind of how you guys expand into new channels. I mean, Facebook Messenger has has quickly become a really key customer service channel. And recently, as new channels emerge, how do you guys determine which ones to enter and which ones to play around with and then which ones to you know, not dedicate resources to? Yeah, the bot is still fairly new, so I'll, I'll discuss that uh, first. And it's it's basically just a feature within Facebook Messenger where you, you, you type in what you exactly you're looking for and it asks additional questions to really hone in on the specifics of what you want. I highly encourage people to, to test it out and utilize it. It's a very cool app. It actually is, is very engaging. It's the wave of the future. You know, we actually had a, a VP from PayPal who actually wrote us in social media talking about how he, he loves it and he sees this as the wave of e-commerce is that we're able to just communicate with a bot in a way that helps us, that guides us directly to what we want and the specifics of what we want. So it's kind of there. It's, it's uh, I encourage people to, to play around with it and provide feedback on it, but it's, it's a very cool feature just to get the specifics of what you want without searching through and sifting through, you know, thousands of products until you maybe find that one that you're actually looking for. So that's kind of what it's designed to do. As far as jumping into to new platforms, and, and we definitely agree that the messaging apps in general are a wave of the future, and we're looking into how can we utilize those more down the road. But when we look into a new uh, platform to use, we have to partner very heavily with our marketing teams, obviously. We have to make sure that we do a lot of listening. For example, we're listening to, to Instagram right now. We're trying to see, is, is there enough customers? What kind of customers are there? Are there enough people asking for for customer care support within those channels to make it worth transitioning the headcount and the resources to dive in? The worst thing, in my opinion, is is taking on a channel, maybe us, for example, jumping into Instagram and then realizing we don't have the resources to sustain it and having to back out. I think that's a worry of all companies is you don't want to offer support in a channel and then turn around and say, never mind, we can't support it, and then no longer be present. And so I think that's the most important key is to make sure that you're you're allotted the resources to take on as much volume as possible and count on that volume growing. You know, we we typically see a 20% increase year over year in Facebook and Twitter, you know, just the two that we support more specifically today. 
it just just natural growth you know through social media you actually what i've noticed is you generate your own volume you know the more you engage the more you respond the more questions that come in the more customers start to realize that they can come here first and it's not just a way to complain about not getting what you wanted out of out of a different channel and so you are kind of victims of creating your own volume. You have to understand that from a social media perspective. So choosing to jump into a new channel shouldn't be you know, taken lightly, but in my opinion, you should be able to move quickly to do so when your customers prove that they're there you know, and that they want your support in that location. We actually launched a series of YouTube how-to videos and we are providing support for the comments that come in on those how-to videos. And the, the reasons behind that is we're not seeing a lot of volume as far as comments and questions on those uh, videos quite yet. However, if it can decrease volume in our phones by having those how-to videos answer specific questions prior to customers having to call in, that's what we want to do. And then be able to answer those questions there, which has proven to be a cheaper way to handle customer concerns related to returns or you know whatever else the video content might be about. So that's the key is for decreasing contacts and other channels, but we're able to support more volume and at a cheaper rate through social media. That's that's the way we way we want to go. But it all pertains to listing. Who's there? Who's asking for support? You know, how many customers? Does it make sense from a resource perspective to allocate your customers there? And then then it's understanding, you know, what kind of customers are in those channels so that you can match the tone of the customers that are there. Wow, what a great answer. I was actually about to move to our final two questions, but you said something there that I just love that I've got to go back to, which was that we're victims of our own volume. And you were mentioning that you know social can very well be a channel of first resort instead of a channel of last resort, which I think is totally true. So how do you, within a, a customer care department that presumably includes other channels like telephone, email, chat, etc., how do you prepare the larger organization for that and convince them that that's a good thing? Because most operation centers are trained to want less volume, not more volume. And so more volume becomes scary, even though, as you mentioned, social media volume can often be less expensive than telephone volume. So tell me a little bit about how that discussion works within the larger organization. No, great question. And I can promise you right now that it's not not an easy conversation. And, and specifically in today's day where we're still and companies are still trying to understand the impact that social media has. I think there's no question there's a positive perception on your brand when you engage through social media. And I think that has to be in, in the discussion. We are constantly showing the impact that social media has to our brand perception is when when you engage, the more you engage the more you retain customers, the more you show your present and or your presence as far as, as uh, sticking up for your brand in difficult situations and making sure that we drive positivity and, and things like that. So that's probably the biggest portion of making sure that you, you make that case because it is scary. You know, companies talk about if, if I were to go to a company and say, hey, I'm going to create a, a different tone within our phones environments and it's going to actually generate more contacts i think people would lose their minds and and so you just have to make the case of how much your your teammates or or employees that are responding through social media that money behind it the difference between phone calls and and uh, like a twitter response for example is is significant and so you have to prove that case you have to be able to help them see the retention of customers that happen by 
by engaging on the negativity. And really, really, that's kind of all you got. At points, it's, it's, a, it's a leap of faith. You have to be able to engage in a way that, with your brand, I should say, in a way that makes them see the value of reaching out to as many customers as possible. Not to mention this. So recently, we actually took care of a customer who reached out to us with, with a video. She showed a video of her autistic son who just fell in love with our logo. We recently, in the last couple of years, released a new logo, which is a little more clean, but it's still bright and colorful. And her, her son who's on the autistic spectrum. He just fell in love with it as in the supermarket. He noticed one of our gift cards at, had the logo. And so they reached out to us and she showed us a video of her giving him a gift card. And we just loved that contact. And so we took that opportunity to put together a care package just because it's fun. It's what you can do through social media. And we sent that care package full of different items, a, a towel with our eBay logo, shirts, some gift cards, a thank you card that had our logo. So just a, a bunch of different items. And she sent us a second video of him opening that package and the, inci- the excitement that he had. And we took the opportunity because we loved that, that story so much to give that mother a call and interview her about the experience. The purpose behind doing so was for exactly what you're asking. It's to be able to take back to the company and show the power of social media and the positivity behind our brand, the stories that you can create and and the stories that you can highlight that our customers are having. Now we actually, we created a video based off of that interview and the videos that she sent to us and we put it up on Facebook and within two days we got close to 5,000 views. So that right there just shows me that we didn't really spend a lot of marketing dollars on that initiative. In fact, we didn't really, we didn't spend any. We just highlighted a customer experience and our marketing team is utilizing that video to create and show how our brand is engaging in the community. And so it's, it's things like that. It's proving that it's it's a channel that can drive brand positivity as well as decrease the, the dollar amount in responses, but it's worth it. You know, it, it's proving that it's worth it for the impact of your brand. In fact, it's it's crucial, in my opinion. I love it. And I think one of the things that you touched on there is that social is also really pretty much the only customer service channel where we get positive comments, where we get videos from customers talking about how much their kid loves your logo. People don't call on the telephone to tell you that. They they generally call when there's a problem. And so that does change the economic value of the channel as well. And I think that's an interesting challenge that companies face as they try to make the case, especially to an operations center that's all about managing costs, that it actually might be worth it to spend time on the positive comments as well which they're clearly not a replacement for a phone call, uh, whereas a complaint, I think you can make that argument. So really, really interesting dynamic there. Thanks for giving us some more detail. Again, we're talking with Dallin McKee. He is the Global Social Media Customer Care Team Leader at eBay. You can find him on Twitter at Dallin McKee. That's D-A-L-L-E-N-M-C-K-E-E. And eBay is there with their corporate Twitter handle at eBay, and then also their customer service handle, which is Ask eBay. And Dallin, I want to finish up, uh, since you you already told us about a great, uh, memorable experience with a, a customer, I'm going to uh, fast forward to our last question, which is, if you can tell us something that you've learned 
over your time in customer care that you sort of wish you knew at the beginning so that some of our listeners who are starting out or maybe working for smaller companies can avoid making a mistake that you made in the past. What's one learning that you would or piece of advice that you would pass on to somebody entering the space? I think one of the biggest things, to be honest with you, is I'll mention two things. So number one is understanding the balance, as I mentioned before, between speed and creating experiences. Understand what your customers, what their expectations are, because I know we've we've mentioned and there's been a couple different brands who who have mentioned that they spent so much time creating customer experiences that they realized they were kind of spending too much money, you know, too much time on each contact, not focused on the speed of response. But I've also noticed the flip side where companies are spending so much time trying to focus on speed and getting a response within 10, six minutes that they're treating social media as if it was any other channel. And to me, that's also a mistake. I think that you have to value the benefit of creating those experiences through social media but you also have to understand the customer's expectations of speed. And so it's it's making sure you have the resources to create that balance. And my, my second piece would be that's one that we're still working on being as best in class in this aspect is responding to everything. It's one that's the most difficult, I think, for companies to make that transition is, is from what we mentioned before, being willing to allocate the resources to respond to anything and everything. And that's positive remarks, as we mentioned before, and then really highlighting, you know, hashtags as such as I love eBay or whatever the case might be. But it's also focusing on those those negative ones as well. And that's one that requires proving the case as to why it's beneficial to your brand, which isn't always easy. And, and we're currently in that battle of fighting for more and more resources. We are a company that generates a lot of volume as it pertains to social media because customers are so passionate about our brand specifically. And that being the case, again, the more we start responding to everything out there, the more volume it generates and you have to keep up on that. And so that's my, my two biggest learnings. Don't let the pendulum of speed and experience that you create experiences that you create go too far either way. Understand the balance. And then number two, prove the case and understand what it's going to take to respond to everything. I think that's awesome advice. And on your second piece, you know, I would just say, and you kind of encapsulated it, that when people reach out to you on social media, it means that they care to some extent, right? There's a lot of research that has been done that says that most complaints are never actually voiced. People just pick up and go to your competitor. And so the fact that somebody takes a time out in social media, in a public space to either compliment you or ask a question or complain means that they are a loyal customer and somebody that that really wants to remain with you. And I think that is why it's absolutely critical. Dallin, awesome, awesome advice. Great conversation. Thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate the opportunity and look forward to to listening to more of your podcasts coming up in the future. Well, thank you, Dallin. It's Dallin McKee from eBay and thank you, listeners. This has been episode 47 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.